Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bikini in the Brain. You can see us now. We're in our, we're in our new fabulous studio. I'm here with the lovely Ashley Kotwasser. Hi! <laughs> and today we have a good podcast episode for you. They're all good. Come on. I knew you were going to say that every time. <laughs> if we have a bad one, we have to at least admit it one day. This is a bad one. <laughs> I know we just started off one day. Today we have the not so good. <laughs> Meh. User follow rate fall off rate is like instant. Podcast. <laughs> so work with us through the uh, sound details. We are trying to figure out this new studio and whatnot. But Ashley has a great um, episode picked out for us, and she has our bullet points and all this good stuff. And you'll notice I'm on my I'm on my phone. If you're watching on video, I have my phone here. We're doing lives. We're eventually going to do a little bit more live stuff, so you guys can ask questions. We could do it live, and you guys could make it a thing. We do our podcast every Monday, usually at 11. Today I was late because I was setting these mics up, but I thought it was, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but today's episode is Optimize Your Training. As you can see in our, our lovely background. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, how are you doing this weekend, Ashley, this week? I'm a little tired today, I'm not going to lie, but I'm, you know, trying to just fake it, right? We're, That's what makeup's for, anyway. Yeah, we're, t- we're uh, potentially 12 days out. Potentially 12 days out, so we'll yes. see. We'll see how everything's going. She's looking good, I think. Ashley's, Ashley is is hard on herself, which is good, because anyone at the top is always hard on themselves and analyzing and saying, okay, I just want to make sure. And uh-huh. I'm always like that, though. You know, <laughs> with every show, I, I get the, um, what is it, competitor eyes, where you're, like, you're just not aware of how lean you actually are or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no matter what, it, it's rare that I come into a show being like, oh, no, perfect, ready to go. <laughs> I'm usually like, oh my gosh, I'm not lean enough, or oh my gosh, I need to, to work on my shoulders more, or whatever. So it's always something, I would say. <laughs> so this time is no different. Um, the only difference is it's been, oh my gosh, it's been like, what, two months since yeah. I've competed? Two months since she's competed. Oh my God, that's, hopefully they, hopefully... They didn't forget about me. <laughs> hopefully, I don't go on stage and they're like, who's this new girl? You know, I, hopefully. Yeah, so we got this new rookie for you just with uh, 30 wins. So, <laughs> um, no, but it's a, good, it's a good thing that we're going into this year, starting the year, because we were talking about optimizing your training, which is awesome because that's what you've pretty much been a master of, optimizing your training, not only for results but for fun and longevity too which is i feel like there's very few people who can talk about the longevity of this and what can you do to make sure that you are not just uh getting results and and looking good once but how to do it on and on again Mm -hmm. you know and that's the important thing that most people i think forget about is they'll do whatever they have to do to get ready for a show and then after that they fall off and fall off but you know, this what that's where optimizing your training comes in. Okay, what is what can I do to optimize my results for the show, but also what can I do to optimize me doing many shows and my my career length? You know, right? Which no one ever talks about. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think a lot of times people aim to train harder but not smarter. So I think that definitely creates like this um, cycle of them dropping off because they're trying so hard. I know because. You know, I always bring this up to you and you're like, Ashley, you're the hardest worker I know. And I'm more like, mm, I don't know, because there's girls out there that's training for hours and doing hours of cardio. And I guess you could argue and say they're actually working harder, but are they working smarter? That's the thing. You got you to gotta be smart about this and utilize your time efficiently because it's not about like whoever spends the most time in a gym or even whoever lifts the heaviest weights. Or for the longest period of time. This isn't powerlifting. This isn't weightlifting. This is a physique sport. So there's a lot more strategy that comes into it, I think. Yeah, I think you're uh, dead on the money there with that. And it's funny because people will work out and they'll have like, they'll wear it like a badge of honor. Like they're, yes. they're like, I'm in the gym like three hours a day. I'm kicking ass. Like, I'm like, if you're in the gym three hours a day, you're probably not kicking ass while you're there because, because if you were kicking ass, you'd last like an hour. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, I think that that's a good thing about optimizing your training and, um, and how you do things, which is more, definitely more of like the, I guess what, how would I say this? 
it's less like watching you train would be less entertaining than the guys who are like throwing weights yeah. around <laughs> and like, you know, the get are getting the views, right? Yeah. The guys that you're going to watch work out and like get the, like when you watch Dorian Yates work out or Branch Warren work out, Ronnie Coleman, you'd like watch those videos and you'd go to the gym and you're like, man, like I don't give anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no, there's no grunts here. <laughs> You'd, you'd leave that, you'd leave that and you like watch their videos and like go to the gym and like a whole different person. But then, then you realize like more times than not, when you see these top guys, there's some few exceptions, like those guys that I mentioned, right? There's some few exceptions, but more times than not, they're just like feeling the muscle and squeezing the muscle and feeling through each rep. And when I started working with more higher level bikini competitors, I realized that was a super, super common thing. Yes. You know, like. Because when I was younger growing up, it was all bodybuilding. It was like, okay, watch Ronnie Coleman during his drop set, heavy weight, spot, assisted with reps, this, that. And then you started working with more like bikini competitors and you're like, oh, like these girls are really feeling the muscle. That was like, yes. a, you know, 10 years ago lesson I started learning about like feeling the muscle and optimizing each rep. And that's something that you do a lot. Of. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, mind to muscle connection, you hear that term being thrown out a lot, but that's exactly what it is. Being very focused and concentrating on what muscle you're supposed to be working rather than just throwing around weights and slamming the weights and grunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, in fact, I really like to concentrate on my muscles that I'm working, even to the point where I don't even listen to music when I work out. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. I don't do it because it distracts me. Like, it distracts me away from what I'm trying to accomplish in the gym. Um, however, on the opposite end of things, when I'm doing cardio, I will listen to music because I don't want to think about it. Luckily for cardio, like let's say I'm on a treadmill or a stop mill, I don't want to think about it and the machine does the thinking for me. I just have to keep up with it. Does yeah. that make sense? So I, I'm very focused in the gym. I'm like, what muscle am I working? Am I feeling it in the right area? Am I squeezing? Or am I just going through the motions? Because I never want to get to a point where I'm just going through the motions Unfortunately, it does happen sometime if you're distracted or you're not focused that day. Um, I find a lot of times that is a big issue with, with girls is like, or anybody, is that they are just going through the motions. Maybe yeah. it's a plan they've been on for a long time, so they're kind of in the habit a little too much to where they're just going through the motions. But are you feeling it? Are you concentrating? Are you squeezing? You know? Yeah, and I think that's a... That's, you bring up a good point there, like the going through the motions thing, because there's, and I don't care like how hardcore you are or, you know, how, whatever you are in bodybuilding, but you're going to go through periods where you just kind of, I don't say you don't want to be in the gym, but you're not motivated yeah. while you're at the gym. And I've been through that, like person, like I've worked out, I remember there was a time I worked out every single day. There wasn't a day off I took. It was either from 13 to 21 or 14 to 21. And I wore that like a badge of honor. I was like, I'll never take a day off. Like I was trying, like it pained me because I was going on this, how long I could go for type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, but, but, um, as I got older and you know, now I obviously I take days off and stuff now. Um, I realized that there's just times of where I go to the gym and I'm just going through the motions and I just like, I just like leave the gym. I'm like, this is a stupid workout. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm not, I'm in my head. I'm not feeling it in the gym. There's no point in me being here. I'm not creating any stimulus whatsoever. I'm really just like here, you know, yeah. because I feel like I have to be. That's, mm -hmm. that's really it. And so when I'm in that type of zone, I really, I try to change things up in a way where I'm motivated to be there, whether it's a totally different workout or whether I focus on a different goal. Um, yeah. So like, I don't, do you, you seem to do really well with that stuff though. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's just the competitions that keep you motivated so often. Because you're, you have a weird, you're kind of a weird scenario because people are really motivated when they have a time-based deadline, but you always have a time-based deadline yeah. <laughs> for like years. So I don't know if that's part of it or... I think so, because I get more motivated if I know if something is coming up. You know what I mean? Um, that's definitely a thing. Um, I, I don't doubt that whatsoever. But I just, I don't know. I've... I always try to switch up my workouts and there's different things you can do, right? Even just having a workout partner or a trainer um, is very helpful too, you know? I train with Sam sometimes and we're, and she makes sure that I'm not slacking. So that's <laughs> nice um, just to have that. Because I think one thing is like 
I've always been kind of spoiled when it comes to training. I've always had someone train me. So like even training by myself, sometimes difficult, but even if I'm just training by myself, I do still try to feel the movement and the motion and in the muscles in in the correct areas too, you know? So I don't know. I just became very aware of which muscle groups and, and all that I should be training and, and feeling. Yeah. And I think that that's another thing that goes into it. So to recap that first part, you're not throwing weights around like crazy. A lot of, a lot of the girls, a lot of the pro bikini girls, I kind of give it as a, so as a rule of thumb, this is how I kind of tell people to do their workout sets for optimized, like optimized training. You can't do every single set like a Branch Warren video. You know, I don't even think, I mean, who knows if Branch Warren actually does every single set like a Branch Warren video. It, it's probably, probably not, you know, it doesn't make sense long-term that you could do that. Like it would beat you up pretty, pretty good. So for the most part, every single time, how I explain bodybuilding people is a very simple concept. You create a stimulus in the gym somehow, create a stimulus with either more weight or more reps or going harder than you went the last time, whatever. And that creates a stimulus that your body needs to adapt to. And then once your body is adapting to that stimulus, that's where the results are happening. So the only during that period of that new stimulus is the results happening. So you have to create that stimulus, right? But it doesn't mean it has to be this crazy intense thing. It just needs to be a little bit more than last time, right? So um, what I would generally recommend people do is if you have, we generally give people four sets per, per exercise. We give three to five sets per exercise. Usually it's four. That's like our go-to is four sets per exercise. So what I generally tell people to do is do three sets that are, that are, you know, if you could go to, let's say it says 10 reps on your plan, mm -hmm. I'll say, do, do those 10 reps and do it in a challenging way where you're like at 90% close to your, your failure, but you're not, you know, you're not failing on that set completely where you couldn't do 11 if you, if you had, you know, it's your life dependent on it. That's not a, that's not every single set. So you do, you know, 10 reps of that set, and then on your fourth set, your last set, make that a set that counts. You know, make that a real working set. And on that set, yeah, maybe go to failure on that set where you couldn't do 11 if your life depended on it. Or, um, you know, and not even every single time, but like very close to that would be good. So that's, that's kind of how, as a rule of thumb, that's how you know you're creating good stimulus. That's how you're not, you're not taxing your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so, and you're still getting good workouts. And those three sets going into that fourth set, I'll generally still... Still, it needs to be a good set. It still needs to be, you know, hard and challenging, you know? Absolutely. So um, that's that's kind of my rule of thumb on it. I see people get, I don't see any, I see people going way too easy or I see people going way too hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like every single set. And I'm like, you're, you just need to create a stimulus. And once okay. you create this like baseline of every single set is so intense, you could only go harder than that eventually to create a new one. Yeah. So it's like, it becomes it becomes pretty difficult to reach a stimulus at a certain point if you're just constantly going that and usually your nervous system will kind of fry you out first you know mm -hmm. so yeah i think a lot of times people do like ego lifting especially guys they will lift weight that maybe is a bit too heavy <laughs> and uh at that point they're just kind of throwing around the weights and hitting other muscle groups that weren't intended to be targeted right you know because other muscle groups start to take over once your muscle has already fatigued so like if you go too heavy and let's say you're aiming for 10 reps and, and you go way too heavy on um, lateral raises, you know, um, what's going to happen is other muscle groups are going to start to take over once you've exhausted your delts, right? So then maybe your traps or whatever is going to start to take over. Um, so I think it's important to know the, the weight range that's best for you for that time and um, that measures the reps. And even, I would say, lighter weight with controlled perfect form is superior than going as heavy as you can with sloppy form because you're not going to hit the muscles that you're going to want to you know what i mean as a result you might be getting some traps or other muscle groups that you don't want yeah no i would i would definitely agree with that and i think i think that there's a lot of um especially with bikini bodybuilding too, because you're trying not to use certain muscles. Yeah. That's the thing with bikini bodybuilding. And I think that needs to go into this optimize your training um, episode too, is that what muscles you train and what muscles you don't. And so some people are saying you don't, they're like, what do you mean you don't train some muscles? They're like, mm -hmm. no, this is, this is physique sport. This is not powerlifting. This is not anything like that. And people get very kind of shocked by it, you know, when we tell them that. Um, 
But here's the thing with bikini. So with, with powerlifting, strength training, if you're doing a, uh, a barbell curl, right, and you do, you're, you're using a little bit sloppy form, and let's say your first six reps are really good, and then the last four are, you know, kind of, you're using some, some swing to it, like, that's okay. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, you know? And, you're, and on some exercises, even for bikini or whatever, it's not necessarily terrible that you're doing that. It's not gonna, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get hurt. You know, we're not talking about you doing that with a squat. You doing that squat's a bad idea. Right. <laughs> but doing it with like, you know, barbell curl, whatever, no problem, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but do understand <clears throat> if you're bikini and you're sculpting your physique, once you start incorporating other muscle groups, might not be the muscle groups you wanna incorporate. Right. <clears throat> you know? You might be lifting more traps at that point. You might be doing things like that. So isolation for bikini sculpting is way different than almost every other division mm-hmm. where you're not allowed to have certain things, you know? So for bodybuilding, whatever, just lift the weight, you know, and, and you isolate as hard as you can the first six reps. And then the last four, if it goes to your traps a little bit, cool, you got extra trap work this week. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not a thing, you know, but with bikini, it's, it is different. There is that difference to it. So it's kind of like, you're squeezing and feeling a lot, but you are still lifting hard and then you're still very much isolating the target muscle groups. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that people really freak out about when we talk about with your training is that, you know, you don't train chest, sometimes you don't train back, and I don't think people get that. I don't train abs, I don't train calves, I don't train neck, I don't train forearms. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that I don't train. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think everyone will have, maybe, well, I'm not gonna say everyone, There's a lot of people that have like muscle groups that either um, genetically they're already there and they're going to overpower your physique at that point or that um, further division isn't desirable. Uh, You know, a great example would be even quads for bikini. They don't really want to see a lot of quads in bikini and and find a lot of girls complain that they're quad dominant, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's different for everyone. But there are a lot of muscles that are going to be not desirable for bikini and other divisions too, perhaps. But like, yeah, it's just like, you got to be aware of these things. And, and I do like that you clarified too, that like, if your last few reps are a little bit sloppy, that's fine. As long as like the majority are still clean and precise, because I think that is actually a pretty good sign that you went to failure, which is good. Um, but you know, we don't want to like, make most of the workout already starting off with sloppy form, you know? Because yeah. like I mentioned before, we're not powerlifters and we're not weightlifters. So we're not really trying to find like a one rep max or anything. It, it, I get asked like, what's your max on this and this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I never trained that way. I've never tried, I guess. Well, not since like high school or anything, but like it's just different uh, styles of training. And I think it's important that uh, we're just aware of, you know, what, what we should be training for, um, for a particular division. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people don't under, here's, here's the thing about bikini it gets, it gets, uh, sometimes that bad rap, right? Like, Oh, they only train glutes or whatever. Right. And I'm like, no, it's, it's a lot more goes into it, but you'll hear that from people. A lot of times you, you know what makes you the most bad is you hear that from like divisions that are not just guys talking smack but it'll be like figure people you know or something or women's physique and they like look down on it and i'm like if you look back at the pictures from like 2011 the bikini girls now are leaner than like i remember there was an overall winner at um i think it was june yeah i don't want to call it out but it was like 2011 i'll we go post a picture up it was like my good friend and she won the overall so she looked exactly how she needed to look at that point right at that time but nowadays bikini is like right there where that where woman's physique was winning in the overall in 2011 right it was like it's definitely leaner definitely leaner than they were so i'm like well you guys weren't saying anything then <laughs> right but bikini now is is leaner and, and in some areas you know just as much you know I'll, I'll have to like reference that picture again but it was um, she's a good she was a good friend of mine uh actually she worked for me as a trainer and then she became a, um the overall overall champion woman's physique. actually her name is lauren less now but she's it's very known and um, awesome, awesome ones to better end up doing figure later on as it got bigger and stuff. But if you look at those pictures versus bikini now, it's like, well, bikini is uh, leaner than that was and about the same shoulder size and about the same, almost about the same everything size as women's physique overall um, champion of, of a national show. I forget what national show it was, but she got a pro card there. And so here's the thing, like, it's not that they're not working out their back or chest 
for some of these girls. Maybe it's their back, their chest, their quads for some of these girls. And they're not just, just not working out the rest of the time. No, what they're doing is they're prioritizing their workouts and optimizing their, their frequency. So though they might not be working out their chest because there's no point of a bikini girl working out her chest, they are taking that day, which would usually be a chest day, and they're turning it into another glute day. And they're not, maybe they're not doing that back anymore because they're already where they need to be, and now they're doing another glute day and another shoulder day. So bikini competitors who are out there and like, oh, I have to train my chest because I feel like I'm, I need to, well, understand that every week that goes on where someone else is using that extra day to train their glutes, they're getting ahead. You know, they're getting more frequency, more volume in, um, and they're able to make, get results faster because they're putting more, more focus in those targeted areas, which I think when you really look at your exercise program for bikini or for whatever division it is, then you really have to, you know, decide what's best for what I want to accomplish in my sport or my personal goals. So if you look at um, men's physique, for example, and you'll have a lot of guys that are training legs like twice a week, but they want to be like the best men's physique pro. And I'm like, well, why are you spending so much time on your legs? Like it sucks to say that, but that's just the reality. You can get, if you, you train legs once a week, you know, and then you can get an extra chest day in, which you will be judged on and you won't be judged on your legs. So it's like the same thing with bikini. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing. So I think a lot of people need to really look at their physique, analyze it and say, okay, what's my dominant muscle groups? What can I need? Do I need higher frequency, higher volume in? What do I need more muscle in? How do I need to design my layout to, to really optimize it? Yeah, totally. Um, I think like a lot of times I get the question as well, like how much weight should I be using for this exercise? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not you. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what weight I'm going to be using tomorrow um, because strength level is different. It's all relative, right? Five pounds to me might be light. Five pounds to somebody else might be heavy. So I think that's something to keep in mind too, is like if you look at somebody online or you, you know, see something in a magazine where they lift weight, it's not, as a physique athlete, that's not really important. Um, that's important for weightlifting and powerlifting or whatever. That's not important for us. Yeah. It's relative. So whatever is challenging for you. That you can complete those reps. That's the answer. It's not, um, you know, what your favorite Instagram uh, fitness model is lifting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to realize that there are differences. And even day to day, there's differences, even with me too. You know, one day I'm strong, the other day I'm tired, but you pick a weight that's suitable for you for that day in rep range. Yeah, I think you got it there on on that. There's really, the then again, the thing is you got to create a stimulus. So it's I get, I, that's probably a really common question I get too. And people actually will get like frustrated when they sometimes. Yeah. That's something that is like a common thing is when people get their, you know, newer people, not like advanced people, but newer people, when they start a program, they'll be like, well, what weights should I use? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's <laughs> like, it's funny because the, the coach has no idea what that should be because it's so different right. based on everyone. You, would, you wouldn't even know mine and you train with me, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't even know mine. It's what, I don't even know mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever it takes, you know, that's, yeah. that's the way. And it's exactly. funny because you get... You know, you could have some, I've had some, like, I remember I wrestled this one kid and he didn't lift weights at all. And he was like strong as an ox. And his like, he, he moved, he moved actually to California from like Tennessee and he was on a farm or something. And I was like, just a strong farm kid, you know? And like, we would, we would wrestle. And I was like, dude, how are you, how is this even possible that you're this strong? It's so like, just some people are just naturally stronger than others. And it's, there's no way for the, the coach to really be like, okay, this is how many weights, how much weight you should lift unless you've been working out with them every day and you're, and you're keeping a log and then know what the last time the last stimulus was, you know? So um, I think that's a important, an important thing that you pointed out there. Mm -hmm, definitely. And I think it's important to also address the myth that, oh, it, you, you only build muscle if you go heavy, you know, with under eight reps. That is such a myth. And I'll let you go into that because you can really explain it well. But that is not true. Whoever is telling you that, it's false. And again, <laughs> we're training for our physique. We're not training for weightlifting. Yeah, and the thing the thing is, uh, when you talk about um, lifting heavy weight, it's about weight, lifting weight relative to the last time you lifted that muscle in that way. That's what's relative to it. So heavy is is kind of, it doesn't even make really make sense. You know, it's just like everyone ha can have their own conception of what heavy was, you know. Um so 
how we how we build how we build muscle that I talked about like creating a stimulus is so when you what you do is you want to target the gym is if you go to the gym and your rep your plan says do 10 reps and the last time you did 10 reps at 100 pounds now heavy is 105 now heavy is 110 that's heavy to where your current we call setting is so and setting is just a word i use like your your current setting so i use your settings for your cardio settings your cardio settings you come to me and you've been doing 30 minutes of cardio 5 days a week for Six months. Well, that's what your body's used to. That's your setting. Your steps per day. That's your setting. Your weights that you lift in the gym. Well, that's your setting. So heavy is heavier than that, right? And mm-hmm. so if your body has adapted to what your settings are in the gym, then heavy now is a little bit more than that. It doesn't need to be a thousand pounds, but a hundred. The hundred pound person who was doing it ten times. Well, now they could do it eleven times, and now that's hard again, and that's a stimulus. Or they can do hundred and five pounds, or hundred and ten pounds, and that's. Now that's heavy and enough to create a stimulus, but I think people think it's just, oh, six reps, failure only, eight reps, failure only, you know, you're not going to get any results unless you do it. It's, it's really simple, guys. Create a stimulus greater than the last time, and that's, that's it. Absolutely. So whoever's telling you you have to lift super heavy to build muscle is lying. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it's important to go over different things to do to kind of create that stimulus, right? Because if you do the same workout every day, not only is it going to get boring, but your body's going to kind of adapt. So there are a few different things you can do to kind of switch things up in the gym and to kind of, you know, stimulate that muscle. Um, for example, drop sets or burnout sets are great to do. Um, resistance band to add to uh, certain lifts. You know, for example, if you're doing a leg press, you can add a band to that around your knees. Um, slow negative reps are great, explosive reps, et cetera. Do you have any other um, ones you can think of that are uh, useful? Um, I like the the one I like in there the most. So in bands, we should clarify too, because there's two ways of using bands. There's like hip bands where you can use on like leg press to try to get more glutes to activate and things like that. But there's also bands that can change the weight at a specific part of the range of motion, right? And that's a really cool a really, really cool technique that I like. So let's say on a squat, you're doing a, a squat or a, let's say a hack squat, whatever, and you put these giant like rubber bands, they're like giant rubber bands basically, on the machine. Well, as you get lower and you're in the harder part of the, the harder part of the movement, the weight will actually get lighter. And then as you go up and you're stronger, the weight will actually get heavier because the bands are taking off some of the load. So that's one of the ways I really like creating a stimulus through people is is, is doing band work like that. That's mm-hmm. an awesome way of doing it. And it also, you can change the, the way that the, the, tar- the weight is, how gravity is affecting the weight too, by putting the band in an opposing way. And we've done that a bunch of times mm-hmm. where you might be doing a, um, one of the most common ones we do is when you're doing um, a kind of the, the reverse hack squat. So we'll do a reverse hack squat and then we'll put the band around your waist. And that mm-hmm. way, when you come up and you push forward, I'm resisting you. And that's creating extra glute work. So and that's another cool way of doing it where you're turning out, a, a, you know, a, a, a gravity, you're changing gravity at a certain point of the range of motion by, by, by pushing against her, you know, but the, the force is changing, I guess I should say. So uh, I like that way. Um, I really think the, the best way is just going to the gym and having fun with like a workout partner and, and doing drop sets or having them help you with a few reps. I don't know. For me, there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about having fun in the gym too, uh-huh. and how you're doing it, like where you're working with Sam in the gym a few days a week. Like that's a great way of keeping motivated, keeping you know, just keeping pushing and, and having fun with friends. That's I, I get a good workout partner, you know. Absolutely, it definitely um, it definitely makes it seem less of a task. You know, I don't dread going to the gym. It's like oh, you know. I'm going to have fun. And it's, you know, it's great because it's um, definitely keeping me in the gym and not at home. And I think that is definitely something I would contribute to me just being like all the time on it. Just like, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, always in shape. Trying yeah. To and it keeps you on a schedule. It keeps yes. everything, you routine, know, and especially with us. Routine's very yeah. important. It's really hard to slack when someone's pushing you. Absolutely. You know? So. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of anything else with optimizing your training. I would say also um, unilateral training is great. If you don't know what that is, it's like single arm or single leg 
uh, exercises. And it's great because, um, you know, most of us have at least some sort of muscle imbalance, um, which means one side is typically stronger than the other. For example, maybe, you know, since you're right-handed, your right forearm is going to be stronger than your left. Um, but especially with us athletes, that um, can also translate into legs and arms and shoulders and glutes even. So unilateral training definitely helps even out any imbalances and it prevents injury too. And also, like, it makes the workout like twice as hard if you think about it because you're doing twice the sets essentially, you know? Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. I like that. I think that you create, you've now increased your intensity and, and it has been a big help with Sam. I think that what people um, see your improvements over the year too, there's a noticeable improvement like in your glute area and tie-in area this year. Mm-hmm. And I think I can, I would, I would attribute that to you just training harder and working out more with um, more focused and more often with Sam. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, we moved out here, we weren't out here before. So we moved out here and then last year we moved out here and then she was significantly better at this Olympia. And it just shows that the intensity and the the focus of that, of having that person push you all the time is a big, a big component of that success, you know? Yeah. Probably like one of those scenarios, like you mentioned, like sometimes you don't realize what intense training is until you're put through it. You know, I'm sure you have many examples of where you trained with a girl who thought she was training intensely but come to find out, like, oh, no, yeah. train with me, that's intense. <laughs> I actually had to have that conversation um, with someone um, actually just yesterday, which is kind of crazy. And this is – and that's actually – I'm glad you this came up because this is kind of one of those weird ones. So it wasn't my client. It wasn't my, my client. But she was, she was like, yeah, um, I, was, I was dieting really hard at the show, and I was doing, like, an hour and a half of cardio, and I just, I was like, yeah, that is a lot. I'm like, well, what's really hard dieting? Because some people don't understand what really hard dieting is. And, I mean, I've had one person tell me 1,700 calories was hard dieting. I'm like, you don't, this, this is uh, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is not that 1,700 calories. I've had 220-pound bodybuilder friends do, you know, 1,700. Uh, I think Chris Bumstead said he was dieting at, like, 1,500 going to this Olympic. He's like, what is he, 230 or something? Whoa. Yeah, something crazy like that because he needed to, like, make weight, and it wasn't – I was like – and he wasn't complaining at all. So uh, the, this 110-pound bikini competitor was like, I'm starving at 1700. I'm like, yeah, we need to have some realistic expectations of what <laughs> of what the sport is, you know, that you're not supposed to look like this, so it's going to be hard. But, um, no, uh, so she was – but she, I was like, what's, what's, what's low? And she's like, I was at 800 calories for, like, three weeks. I was like, okay, that is really low. I'm, I've – I've never dieted someone at that low ever. Um, you know, maybe for like a couple of days during peak week when we're depleting them, it might get that low or something, but it's not, you know, you're not sustained amount of times, you know, for on that, that diet. That's when, you know, things do start going wrong, you know? And I was like, okay, that is, that's crazy low. So what was your, your 90 minutes of cardio? And then, um, and I saw, I saw her working out in the gym and I was like, you know, you, you really could be pushing harder, like in the gym. Mm-hmm. And, at a certain point, the tr- the coach's only option, he, the coach has to assume if he's not seeing you and you're doing it online and you're doing your nutrition coaching online, which which is what most people do, um, the coach has to assume that you're working out hard and creating this stimulus. But what I've found to be the most common thing is that people who don't work out hard get the most meal plan adjustments. Like some people who are not working out that hard, I'll be adjusting their meal plan like every week, every single week. And I've had one client the longest I've ever not adjusted a meal plan, which I felt terrible about. I think he was like at nine weeks where I just didn't adjust it. And I like felt bad about it. I was like, dude, I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> like I feel bad that I'm not adjusting your meal plan. I ended up giving him more time because I felt bad about it. But because it usually it's like two weeks, three weeks, we'll adjust a meal plan. And, but I saw, but I, I saw him work out in the gym and I was like, oh, like it clicked for me. I was like, he works out so hard that the stimulus, like his body is not adapting uh, as fast as someone who's like barely going through the motion. I don't know if, you know, that's not a science thing. It's just what I see on my, on my stuff, on my check-ins and whatnot. And so, so shout out to Stuart Texera, who's my client for like six years. Huge, Woo, yeah, Stuart. huge, you know, Stuart. And he went through Woo. this huge weight loss and he lost like, I want to say like 150 pounds or something crazy. And then just intensity just never fell off. Like, it's just crazy. And um, he just, his, his just, it was crazy. His meal plans just didn't need to change. It was like, he just, and I was, I went to the gym and I saw him. And it's funny, he's one of these guys, and I have a few of them, these guys that 
like I used to be in better shape than them. <laughs> Neil was here this weekend too. He's a, now he's a men's physique pro. And I was like, remember when I used to be in better shape than you? <laughs> I like, used to be like lift heavier than you. And then they like just keep going and going and progressing and progressing. And then now it's like working out with them is hard. I'm like, dude, I, I got to be ready to work out with you. <laughs> like I got to be like mentally ready to work out with you, right. with these guys because they're so intense. But um, that's, that's how you keep, you know, you, it's kind of funny to see because they've been doing that extra five pounds every single time they go to the gym, that extra one rep every single time they go to the gym. And then, you know, they, they did it so often they passed me, no problem, you know? So like, it just shows if you're not on it all the time, a hundred percent, always pushing, like someone's going to pass you, you know? Right. Totally. And nonstop, my guys have passed me no. like, all the time. <laughs> you you got to train glutes with us. I do. Gotta, that's one of those things that have to be mentally ready for. <laughs> that's funny. You train glutes three times a week, like for like four years. I mean, <laughs> So I think now is a great um, time to give our thoughts on overtraining because um, yeah. we've kind of been talking about this a lot lately, overtraining. And a lot of people think they're overtraining um, when in reality they're nowhere close. There's a big, big difference between just being like fatigued and like overtraining, you know. Um, I think, you know, there are some signs when people are overtraining but they're a lot more, I guess, serious than, oh, I just, I'm sore today. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, for example, uh, overuse injuries would be a, a pretty good sign of, like, overtraining. You know, uh, stress fractures, for example. I, I've had those before. They're not fun. Um, but it was just from, I actually got it in long jump because I was um, training for long jump and I kept doing the same movement over and over. And I got a stress fracture in my femur, actually. Jeez. Or, yeah, that's with the thigh bone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the big, the big bone. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that combined with, like, track training and stuff like that. But, you know, track's a very, like, oh, like, you do the same things over and over, run, 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 run. So th that's, I guess, an example of overtraining. There are other examples, too, um, if you want to get into that and kind of distinguish overtraining and just being sore. Yeah, I think that's that's something that people are always worried about, overtraining. And it's going to be – so one of the things I like to clarify with people because they don't understand what they're training in the gym sometimes. When you're in the gym, you're training your – so you're obviously training your muscular system, but then you're also taxing your nervous system and you're training your skeletal system and, and everything. So you're training your nervous system too. You know, the, the, the more you work out, the better neuromuscular activity you have to like specific muscles. So you're training it too. I mean, not in a, in a, in a, in a non-so, I guess, direct manner. But um, so the, the thing that's going to get fried isn't really going to be your muscular system more times than not. Like as she's talking about her skeletal system, right? You, you fried your skeletal system from, from repeated beating and landing and whatnot, right? So when you land and you're, you're doing your jumps, you're putting stress on the bones too. And you're putting stress on the bones and they get stronger and they, they build up more and they can take that beating more and more and more just like a muscle can. It's an amazing machine the body is, right? And then when you take that initial jump, your nervous system fires in X amount, right? But as you get better at it, it's firing in more and firing in more and firing in more. And now you're able to recruit more muscle groups for that explosive movement because the body's like, for some reason, we're jumping things. I don't know what we're jumping, but for some reason, I need to be good at this, you know? And so you're building more muscle to jump higher and jump faster and recruiting more muscle with your nervous system and you're getting stronger bones so you can land with less risk. And all these amazing things are happening in the body at the same time, right? And we're in the gym, we do the same things you know, you're lifting, your body's able to have to, it's like, wow, she's lifting a lot of weight. I need to be stronger and it's going to have, so, so I need to be able to recruit more muscle. So I need to have a stronger nervous system or a better nervous system at recruiting those specific t areas that she's targeting. So that's why some people are like, I just can't activate my glutes. Like everyone says they can't activate their glutes. It's, it's like an annoying amount of how many people say. I never said that. No, you don't. <laughs> it's just like, people are always like, I can't activate my glutes. And I'm like, you've been training your glutes three times a week for a year. And you talk about not activating them. Like they, I'm pretty sure they're activating pretty decently now. Like you just don't feel it as much as you want to feel it mm -hmm. different than not being able to activate them. So, um, but you're, you are doing that. So you're training your nervous system, your skeletal system's gaining um, strength as well because you're lifting heavier loads each time, and so it has to, it has to be able to hold that weight, um, and then your muscles are getting stronger. So the things that you can run into is the muscular system, pretty rare that you're going to overtrain that. It, it recovers at a very fast rate. The nervous system is the one where you could fry out and you could kind of overtrain, but it takes a lot, a lot to do that. Like it, it would, it's for most people that we're talking about don't have what it takes to overtrain. 
I think like it's if I was on the goal of overtraining right now, I would one I would I would target my nervous system because I know that everything else would be fine. I would target that, and I would probably have to wear like the newbie new fit, where it's like sending like <laughs> electrical like impulses to my to my muscles to to get them to contract at a higher rate, and use it like every day, and then work out for like two hours and and like have a trainer the whole time and do it for like six weeks, and then maybe I'd probably I'd start feeling the overtraining right now. The, the part where it becomes more likely is if you're doing, let's say, hit cardio for long periods for long durations and you're doing explosive movements in the gym and you're doing that for, you know, even that would probably take you a long time unless you're brand new to it. Maybe if you were brand new and you weren't ever doing any of those things and you did it, it'd probably take you like six weeks to start feeling the signs of overtraining. But it is, it's not easy and it's super rare that it's going to happen in our sport. In your sport before, I think it would be a lot more common. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of overuse injuries in track and I guess overtraining as well, you know. Um, when I did get my stress fracture, I was in high school, so probably my body wasn't equipped for it quite yet, you know. Um, but it's definitely, you'll know it when you overtrain, and it doesn't mean, oh, I'm sore or, oh, I'm tired. Um, and it's actually okay sometimes to train while you're sore. And if you want to kind of explain why that is, that would be helpful for our listeners out there. Yeah, I don't, people, um, that's another thing people talk about, right? They're like, what do you do about DOMS? Like delayed, D- DOMS is D-O-M-S, delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, I don't do anything about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're going to get sore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, people treat it like it's like a, I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> it's so crazy like how many times I get these. Sore. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to be sore. <laughs> what What's next? Like, what's the next conversation? I don't want to, I don't really want to. Mm. go into this it's it's I, I, some people i think just don't understand what we're doing to our bodies you know like yeah. you're you're beating the shit out of your body if you're getting ready for a show like we need to just put that out there it's not supposed to be like this like if funny you get these people they're like oh i just want it to be like balanced and in this and that i'm like no you're you're challenging yourself in a way that is extremely hard like it's it's harder than any other sport i think in terms of the dedication required than in the world the only thing i think is close to it in terms of the dedication 24 7 is is um is fighting because you have to make weight for that too and you have to be mindful of your nutrition but with bodybuilding it's you know you're you have to do your workout you have to do your cardio and it has to be intense you have to create a stimulus right so that's two hours a day which is you know it's not more than track or anything like that and in terms of that versus hockey even it's nothing you know but the nutrition part of it, the 24-7 of it, that's the hard part of it. The being in a caloric deficit and living in a caloric deficit for four months at a time, five months at a time. And in Ashley's case, you know, what, five years at a time. <laughs> 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 so, so it's like it's you're you're beating yourself up. So if you're trying to like if you're worried about being sore, like, sorry, it's you're going to be sore. If you're doing it right, you're going to be sore. And that's just the way it is, you know, so. Um, a lot of times the soreness is is micro trauma. It's very like small tears in the muscle group. It's now when uh, you say micro trauma, that makes me feel a certain type of way. <laughs> like that feels extreme. Yeah, no, like you have these like mi- <laughs> micro trauma. I know what mi- you like mean. micro tears and I things know. like that. It's like it does sound intense though. <laughs> it is, but it's we're not supposed to be lifting like this. You know, we're not yeah. designed to just keep lifting like heavy shit all the time. You know, like yeah. all the time, every day your glutes three times a week. Like we're not right. designed. Like that's to- why like <laughs> we didn't have these glutes. Like, you know, when we were cavemen, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's, you know, what I love, I always go like going back to the caveman stuff because when you, when you dumb it down to mm-hmm. what we're creatures of, that's what it is. Survival. Yeah. Me- we're like survival organisms of just, you know, what I mean? we're just designed to survive, you know, and we're doing the complete opposite of what we're designed to do. So, in bodybuilding, you're trying to have as much muscle as possible with as low. So muscle is a is a metabolic tissue, so it burns a lot of calories. Like so, you're adding you're adding stress to your body in terms of it has to now sustain this extra calories. It has to burn extra calories every single day because now it has more metabolic tissue. So you're adding inefficiency to your body when you add more muscle. You're making it harder for your body to survive. And then your body's like, okay, whatever, we have more muscle because we need more muscle or else we're not going to be able to do the things that this person's doing for some reason. Ashley's jumping a lot for some reason or 
I guess she has to have big glutes. <laughs> so, so I guess we have to build more glute muscle, right? And so the body doesn't know. It's just responding to what you're doing, right? It's like, I guess I need more muscle. So I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I need more energy now to build this more muscle and sustain it and uh, make sure that she doesn't get hurt when she does this. That's what the body's just thinking in terms of, you know, being prepared for the next thing that she's going to do to me. And then it's, and then the body's like, okay, well, I still need a lot of fat because I need to survive and I need to have energy reserves in case we're in the cave again, in this caveman, right? And we're, there's no, you know, a winter comes or the buffalo are gone for six months or oh, something, right? Back, I know, for buffalo. They used to roam the earth, roam the United <laughs> States like crazy. They're not anymore. But <laughs> the, uh, so the, the body's like, okay, I need energy reserves. So it needs to store fat. But what we're doing is like, no body, we need you to be inefficient and have burned the most amount of calories and have the most metabolic tissue. And we needed you to be more susceptible and have the lowest amount of fat. <laughs> and somehow I need you to be okay with this. And I need you to work with me, not against me. Uh, and your body's like, no, <laughs> I'm designed to do the exact opposite of what you bodybuilders are doing to me. So it is going to make it difficult on you. You're going to get tired. You're going to want to take less steps. The body's trying to preserve itself because you're doing absolutely the worst thing for sustainability that you could do to your body. Become hyper inefficient at burning calories because now you're moving all day long and you have more muscle and then you're having zero energy reserves <laughs> or close to right when we get lean for a show so what is the body going to do it's going to say i'm going to get really really sore and i'm going to make sure that she's like maybe she won't she'll won't beat me up so bad next week oh. i'm going to tell her to stop doing this because we're running out of energy here and we're burning a lot of calories i'm going to tell her to stop moving i'm going to make her tired right? I'm dumbing it way down, right? But that's what the response is. It's your the body's dumbing. They're, they're slowing you down, giving you the signs of, hey, you're going you're gonna to kill this organism, right? And, and that's what happens like when you're deep into prep and you don't want to train like psychologically. Like, I don't want to train around it today. I'm tired. I don't have the energy. Your step count goes way down. You're super sore. <laughs> you're like, you know, there's a, of course, there's a bad part of it, you know, but it's, it's really uncommon that we're going to reach that like danger zone. Right. You know, so totally. Yeah. And just remember, you have more than one body part. So if your legs are sore, train your arms yeah. and don't use that as an excuse to slack <laughs> off, because I think that's mostly why people bring it up. <laughs> yeah. But soreness is just part of it. You know, anytime soreness you challenge. Part- I actually love being sore. I, I don't love it. Cr- crippling soreness is one thing. You know, crippling soreness is something that but if you're training a lot, you shouldn't run into crippling soreness. And it's funny is that, you know, I've had a lot of like trainers when I was working for 24 hour fitness I had a lot of trainers under me and I remember sometimes I'd be in like the break room and there'd be like a new trainer and a trainer would come and he'd be like be like dude I just wrecked that guy he's like I just killed his legs I don't know and like they'd be like proud of it and I was like and I would look up the, the client and I was like that guy signed up last month like why are you proud of that you you like took him through a crazy workout he's not gonna he's gonna be so sore you're gonna ruin his whole week <laughs> you know, like, why are you proud of that? It's stupid. Like, you know, it's, you're not accomplishing anything by destroying some guy who started lifting last month. Like you think that you're, it's like kicking a puppy. You didn't accomplish proving a point of being that you were stronger than the puppy. <laughs> like, oh. of course, he's a brand new, he's a brand new trainee. Why, why are you proud of that? You know, I'm like, you just made it really difficult for that guy unnecessarily. You know, you jumped his, you jumped that stimulus so extreme for him that now he's going to have a terrible time for the next two weeks. He might not even show up back to here. So that's that's the thing you do have to be aware of is that there's a smart soreness and then there's a, you know, just, just pushing a little bit hard and then there's a crippling soreness where it's like, okay, maybe you shouldn't work out in that, like that guy. So you do have to be smart about it, but be aware of it. But most people who've been lifting for a long period can take themselves to a pretty crazy workout um, and get sore where it's not like a danger, you know. I guess as a rule of thumb, I'd say is like if you've been training hard for six months, and then you train with your trainer um, at that point, and you're training like once a week on legs, and you're really sore for like three, four days. I don't think that's a bad thing. I probably wouldn't train again in two days, but um, but that would be a scenario where I'd be like, all right, you know, in that scenario, train in five days, you know, that type of thing. So, but just being smart about the soreness, you know, you know the difference of just being tender and being crippling sore. Like you can figure that out. You know, I don't think I've been that sore in a long time because it's, I'm used to it. But yeah. Yeah, I think I've remembered a few of those times. The kind where it's like, I'm so sore that, like, <laughs> I can't tie my shoe, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's, you know, maybe we went too far too far there, you know? But it's pretty rare, and it's it's just it's just people are really feeling a little tender, and then they're like, oh, I got doms, I got, I'm so sore, I can't, re- I shouldn't work out again. And I'm like, 
I saw you work out last time. Like you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like if it's an advanced person, if it's a beginner, it's totally different because they, they really do need to give themselves some time to totally. come back. Yeah. So anyway, that was my, that was my Ted talk on a, <laughs> on <laughs> sort of, really it's a, it's funny cause it's, me and you are both the same way, but we're always surrounded by people that are the same way too, which is, which is more of the like old school attitude of like, suck it up and like, Hey, it doesn't work unless you work. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a, you're going to get what you deserve type of attitude. And we're not in the, 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 we're not soft in that way, you know, but what's funny is that we're, everyone here is like that, you know, everyone here is like, I guess that's just our mentality of our like coaches here. We're like, right. Work hard. You picked some good ones. <laughs> yeah. We don't have anyone soft here where it's like, oh, well, you know, this is just, it should be this, it should be that. We're like, no, you get what you deserve. Like, that's that's the attitude here. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you're going to work and you're going to get everything that you earned in the gym, but you will get nothing more. Nothing else will be handed to you. We're just like, and it's just funny because sometimes we're, we're so surrounded by it that we sometimes don't think of like, I don't at least of like the outside world. They don't see it that way. Sometimes right. and I'm like, I come off as like too hardcore, but that's yeah, the truth. I think sometimes I come off as like very unrelatable, especially in the diet department, you know? Um, but you know, I think in the future I want to do a podcast, you know, saying I have my flaws too. It's hard for me in some aspects too, but it's gotten a lot easier throughout the years kind of thing. So, but just, you know, I am, I do work hard and sometimes I get sore too. I push through it though, you know, yeah. not as sore as mm-hmm. I used to get in the beginning, but it does happen. It does. I do. I do use you as an example to, um, some of the other pros too. And you're good. I, I do like having you. Well, obviously I love having you on the team, you know, but for that reason is another thing that you don't see that I use that as like a tool as well. And I say, Hey, this is the, this is the standard. Like that's the standard. If you're wanting to, because people will be like, I want to be one day be your, they always say, I want to be your next Ashley. I want to be your next Ashley. And I'm like, cool. But do you see what she does? That's the standard. That's what it takes. Like it's just like any other sport. People are working 24, seven, 365. Michael Jordan was working since he was a baby, you know, basically at being the best he could be. Kobe Bryant, same thing, the best he can be. And for some reason in our sport, we have this attitude. Some people have this attitude of, well, I'm going to work really hard 16 weeks and then it's off season and <laughs> well, it's the off season. <laughs> so of course I'm going to, you know, slack off of my workouts, gain 20 pounds, this and that. And I'm like, you're expecting, you're the same person that's expecting to be my next Ashley. You're this, you're that, that's what you want. That's what you're saying you want for your goal. Like you need to face reality. You're not, you're not, you know, it, when, when you're doing that for six months, eight months out of the year, and she's doing that for 12 months straight. Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? You know, what do you think <laughs> you're, yeah, the, the criteria is that. So it's kind of felt cool to have that. Cause I'm like, look, she doesn't cheat on her diet. She's like, if she ever, like, if you came into the office one day and we're like, Adam, I, I don't know. I gave in, I ate a whole cake. Oh. I would, I would be like, shut up, dude. Like, shut up. Is I would April 1st. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'd be, like, I'd be like, just, just leave come back later. <laughs> like, there's no way you did that. Like I wouldn't, either, I wouldn't believe it right mm-hmm. and um because it's it's you've done it so good for so long that it just wouldn't I just don't see it ever happening you know and so when people say that hey I want these goals I want to be the next pro I want to be the next this like your actions need to dictate that and you are unrelatable in the way that you are perfect on your diet all the time you know I wouldn't say perfect I'm a sneaky snacker that's my thing I won't eat cake though but sometimes I get a little loosey-goosey with the extra little like oh little little overage on this tablespoon of peanut butter <laughs> or oh there's a saltine cracker laying out on the table who left that there Am I, don't mind if i do <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the extreme of it though for yeah you. but obviously when i get closer to a show i'm way more strict but yeah. like I, i'm definitely not a binger or a big cheat meal person yeah. i hate the feeling of being full and that's the extreme of it though is like <laughs> i had a cracker and an extra <laughs> peanut butter like a little they bit extra up. you know and so it's not it's just it just shows, you know, you, you, if you do want this, um, and you want that life and you want that to be that level, it's going to take a lot. It's not going to be comfortable, you know, and that's in your diet. That's in your workout. That's in your programming. Um, everything's going to need to be, you know, if you want to be the next top girl it's going to need to be top level performance 24 seven. So it's a, it's an unfortunate like reality check that some people have to take when it comes to that. But that's the same thing 
with excelling in all sports and in all things in life. Like you're going to get what we said, you're going to get what you deserve, not a, not a, an ounce more, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, with that, I agree you're unrelatable because you're the only person that's really that for that long of a period has been that perfect on the diet. I have people that are perfect on their diet all the time for 16 weeks, whatever, but like we're talking, you know, I don't even know in the last like real post-show cheat meal we had, which was, I mean, even after the limp, you had like a bite of ice cream and you gave me the rest. Oh yeah. The <laughs> dinner. I was so tired. <laughs> the buffet. I think it was the, I think you had a, the slider burgers and it was like three years ago and I forget what. The rainbow burgers at Sugar Factor here in Vegas. <laughs> okay. That was, was it 18? That was at the last big cheat meal. We had, no, we had a Cheesecake Factory in Denver at one point. Oh. But that was, that was like year, that was 18 as well. Mm. So maybe that was, maybe you're right. Maybe it was the rainbows. Yeah, the, I can't remember my last burger. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little extreme. I, you know, my cheat meals <laughs> are like, oh, I'll have like two protein bars, a Diet Coke, and some almond butter or something. I don't know. Yeah. I crave sweet stuff anyway. <laughs> so I, I do agree with that. The relatable part of it is hard. Like that's, that might, you don't need to be, I would, I, and sorry to say, but you would say you need to be that extreme to be great as a bodybuilder, but it just shows the level of dedication that's mm-hmm. required for what your goals are, which your goal is simply to be a legend, which is, Heck yeah, it's <laughs> just a cool goal because people say it, but the actions rarely, rarely line up with that. You know, mm-hmm. yours actually line up with that. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of talkers, but not a lot of walkers. Yeah. People like to talk the talk. Yeah. I think, and that's, I think that your this podcast, the optimize your training is like perfect for you on that because you do optimize everything about your, not just your training, but your, your, your life and your food and all that. And it's pretty admirable. It creates a good, it creates a good baseline for people that say, okay, I really do want this. I want to dedicate myself to it. And, um, that's the that's the, the the criteria I need to hold myself to and try to get to one day, you know, mm-hmm. if that's what they really want. And if you just want to be do a show, one show, or do a transformation, I'm all for that. I think that it's great. I love doing transformations. When someone comes to me and they're like, I want to lose 80 pounds and just do a transformation, I'm so on that. I'm on board with that, you know, because more times than not, when I prep people for shows, it's you take someone who's already in good shape, you get them in better shape, and then they go back to already in good shape, right? So you don't like you're not like changing the world with that as a, as a coach. It's cool because you challenge yourself and you push yourself and you, you kind of fight against other coaches with who's going to win. And that's like where the fun part of it is, but it's not like you didn't change that person's life completely. Right. Unless they're winning like Olympias and stuff like that or getting pro cards and whatnot. But when you have someone who's a transformation client and they lose 80 pounds and they never wanted to go to the pool before and they haven't been in the pool in 10 years and you know, they're, they're not all of a sudden they're confident and, doing a photo shoot, like that's life changing and it's super, super cool. So not, I don't want to say like come off the wrong way and be like, oh, that's either be like Ashley or you suck. (laughs) I was like, I love all of it, but you got to be honest with yourself is what I'm saying. Like you got to be honest with yourself. If you just want to do one show and the rest of the time you want to live a more balanced life, great, do that. I think that it's great. I'm on your, I'm on your team with that. I'm on plan with that, but don't come to, you know, me and say, I want to be Ashley and then act like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and this is what I think is an important thing to talk about too with optimizing your training thing is, is it does take everything, you know, to, to be at that ultra, ultra high level. Absolutely. So. And don't take any workout for granted. Like they all, uh, they all count, you know, all these workouts eventually over time add up. So what else we got here today? Your on optimize? Oh, you like this shirt? Hey guys, this I got it. I got at least shout out the shirt. <laughs> It's too bad the desk is covering it for the YouTube viewers. <laughs> oh God, this new. Adam, please stand up. Yeah, stand up. This is the best shirt. It says, best Adam ever. Yes. <laughs> I'm working on it. Exactly. <laughs> Don't let it. anybody ever tell you otherwise. <laughs> best Adam ever. That's funny. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that, I'm the king of stupid shirts these days. I I've like been, it. I've been racking them up, these, yeah. these stupid shirts. They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty fun. Uh, I'll, I'll have to wear one like every podcast episode. <laughs> be like my mission. Uh, so is that what we got today? That is what we got, unless you want to go into, um, you know, um, strengthening maybe a lagging or a weak muscle group. Yes, I think that that's important too. Um, and we talked about how Ashley's like lays out her workout program and prioritizes it over certain muscle groups more so than others. Yes, the shoulders get the most attention these days. <laughs> yeah, for example, we we went through um we went through and we analyzed Ash the other day, I don't know, 6 weeks or so ago, 5 weeks, I don't know, something like that. And we said, "Hey, you're, you know, 
Ashley likes to work out her legs um, because it burns the most calories and she gets the most bang for her buck with Sam. And then when you work out your legs hard, you don't have to do as much cardio because you're burning a ton of calories with legs. Fair argument. It definitely works that way. Um, the only problem is, is now Ashley's hamstrings are becoming, obviously it's her strong muscle group. They can start growing pretty quickly. So we were like, oh man, we're going to have to pull back on those. Yeah. Cause they're, they're almost touching the floor. Um, <laughs> When I sit down in a chair, and if my back isn't against the chair, sometimes they brush up against the floor. <laughs> <laughs> <They> just... <laughs> she got she got her hamstrings pinched in the door because it closed. It closed. Yeah, it's becoming a real problem. <laughs> she enters. They enter the room two seconds after Ashley does. Yeah. yeah so, so we had to pull back on the hamstrings, and we're like, okay, now you need to focus more on your on your arms and shoulders. So. You flip the frequency, right? Okay, calorie burning isn't the priority in the workouts on leg days anymore. Um, even though it's, it still is on the other muscle groups, she can still train her quads a little bit. Luckily, Ashley's quads don't get crazy no, juicy. I get, I have tiny quads. Yeah. Which is good for bikini. They're ideal. Yeah. So, so she can do more volume of that. And then, but the, the thing is, we're like, okay, we need more shoulders and arms. So then we just flip the, the frequency and it's higher shoulders and arms down. Um, unfortunately, that's going to generally result in her doing having to do more cardio because the the legs aren't burning, you know, 500 calories a workout with arms. It's just it's not going to be the same. Right. So. Totally. It's like, you know, if you have like a day where you just do arms, to be honest, I, I don't know how you feel about it. But for me, I feel like I didn't do enough, if that makes sense, because I'm like it's such a small little group of muscles. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> not a high calorie burner. That's exactly, sure. yeah. it just makes you feel like, well, I got a great pump, but I didn't like exert myself. Yeah, it's small muscle groups, and a lot of times you're sitting down. I mean, it's it's really not the best calorie burner. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Like if I'm not feeling it in the gym, that's usually what I'll do. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, I'll do. And then I think about it. I'm like, I'm doing bicep curls, like preacher curls. I'm sitting down. I'm doing tricep machine extensions. I'm sitting down. I'm doing elevated, like there's this elevated bicep curl. I'm sitting down. I'm like. Tricep dips. I'm sitting down. <laughs> like everything is sitting down. I'm like, I'm really not burning many calories. And then it's a small muscle group on top of it. It's like, yeah, it's not a whole big calorie burner. So that's a, right. that's a, that's a, a me, a day where I'm tired in the gym. It doesn't require a lot of energy. And then, um, that would definitely be like a cardio, a cardio day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, definitely. So, uh, yeah. So what was that? What was that that I missed on? Did I miss on that? Or did I finished that question. Oh, I think you've, you. Oh, prioritizing kind of, your muscle groups. Yes. So, okay, here's the things that we need to do for prioritizing your format and exercise um, program. Um, So you either need to have someone with a very experienced eye that can design your program for you or tell you what you need to work on specifically and then kind of prioritize those areas Um, or do a show. I like it when – so when I do these physique assessments, I do like, I don't know, five or ten physique assessments a week people send me pictures of. Uh, in the, I do this like physique assessment form. It's like, it's like $50 and I do like a whole video assessment for people. And, um, I like when people just did a show and then they send me their show pictures. That's what I like because when it's, when they did a show, I can see what they looked like at the show, what their tie-ins look like, like that stuff versus like off season. You can't really see the tie-ins, what they look like when they're on stage. And it's like, it's a little harder to assess. Um, so what I do is I'll send them an assessment and be like, you need to prioritize your, these are your two priority things you need to do for your next phase of training, whatever. And then they kind of can create their workout based on that. And so you can do that with a someone who's got a really trained eye, um, coach, coach in your area, someone that maybe a trainer at your gym who really knows what he's talking about or she knows what she's talking about, um, a judge, get judges feedback, whatever that is, and then say, okay, I need to, I did my show. Here's my physique. This is what I need to do to get to the next level. And this is my next focus for my next, whatever, six months, you know? Um, and I think that that's an important thing because very often when people are getting into the sport, and bikini is like kind of an intro division, you know, they will want to change up their workout like every single week. They're like, I just want to change my workout up this week and it's more fun for me. And I'm like, well, the whole fun thing, like, the, like I'll, I'll admit hundred percent of the CrossFit is way more fun than bodybuilding lifting. Like CrossFit's awesome in terms of like fun, you know, cause you're a different workout every day, like a new different workout, a new challenge, a new whatever. Um, but bodybuilding is like, Oh, I got to focus on my glutes again. I got to focus on my glutes again. So it's, it's definitely not designed to be the most fun. You know, it's, you're not going to change your workout up every single week. Um, you're prioritizing muscle groups. You're sculpting very specific target areas to be good at your sport and look a certain way. Unfortunately, that's not going to be a fun thing every single time. I like working that way, but 
um, some people who are used to like following a, a new workout every day or like just came from CrossFit, they find it a little boring, you know, mm -hmm. but that's unfortunately the way it is. I mean, Ashley's been doing the same type of formats for a long time. And, um, you know, all, a lot of the top pros are like very similar stuff all the time. And yeah, so it is what it is. It is what it is, man. You know, it is what it you know, is. <laughs> you're just funneled. This is a life I chose. <laughs> <laughs> you're just funneled down so minimal, you know, you're, you're already, so you have all these different options. You have like strength training, you know, performance, like CrossFit performance, whatever, um, you know, power lifting, bodybuilding. So you go bodybuilding. And then you, okay, okay, here's your divisions, wellness, this, that, that. And you go bikini. Okay, okay, bikini. So then you funnel that down. And then you funnel down to what you look like and what you need to prioritize. And you're funneled down to that. And now you're like limited <laughs> to like very specific exercises, very specific rest, very specific muscle groups. And, and you're not going to get a huge variance in that because it's funneled down like four or five different very specific funnels. And then you throw what you need on top of it. Yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of similar things in the gym. It's just... It's what it is. It's physique sports, you know? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so, definitely. yeah. So, anyway, I guess with that, we'll leave it. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, so we'll end the podcast here. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. Toodaloo. And then, for you guys on um, online here, thanks if you've been watching the whole time. Thank you very much. I don't know if there's any questions that you want while well, we have Ashley and me here. <laughs> so it's Isn't true. That's hair life. looking like that the whole time. Too. I don't know, Ash. Probably I would assume so. <laughs> Ashley's not a fan of the headphones on I the never new podcast. Wear headphones. <laughs> <laughs> she hates headphones. It's okay. I'll get used to it. All right. Anything? Anyone else out here? Any questions? No. All right, guys. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll probably do a couple more of these like on lives soon. I think we're gonna be going live with the podcast. So anyway, yeah. Once we get the laptop set up, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, guys, for watching so much. We'll talk to you. Later.